Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. We continue with our series on uh, the gifted series this morning. As a brief reminder, we started uh, two weeks ago. And this series for the next six weeks is specifically from Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. And just want to give you guys a very brief reminder. Two weeks ago, we talked about how all of us are unique, meaning each of us has one of these gifts. Some may have more than one of these seven gifts. And uh, we are all connected together in terms of how we can learn and grow in this gift from the standpoint that even though you may think that you have one gift, but because we need to be connected together, we want to learn about the other gifting so we can function in all of seven gifting. And uh, lastly, number four is we must grow in those. Number three, we must grow in those gifts. And lastly, we must act, act actually as an exercise and activate the, the seven gifting from Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. And last week, we talked about the, the gift of giving. Very briefly, sum up this gift of giving is giving without conditions, giving without requirements, and giving without expectations. We are instructed. I use the term instructed because it's not a suggestion, because God tells us to give. If it is to give, then give generously. We're instructed by Scripture, so essentially God is telling us to be generous. Generous with our time, generous with our finance, generous with our skills, even if we don't have that gifting, the gift of giving, because it is more blessed to give. Right? You may have heard that before. It's from Acts 20. It's more blessed to give, and um, we ourselves will be refreshed when we give. That's from Proverbs 11, verse 25. You can, can, check, you can catch up on this gifted series on our podcast, which you can find on Restoration Church Chicago or also on our website. It is important to remember we are to learn these seven gifts, as I said earlier. Enjoy the gifts together and learn to apply or activate all seven of these gifting in our lives. That's how the church, the body of Christ can grow, and I hope this is just a reminder for all of us, can grow and Ephesians 4.13, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's how we mature. That's how we grow, is to learn about these gifting that God has given to us and activate them. Two weeks ago, I shared on how these gifts are also applicable in a professional setting. And very briefly, uh, obviously, the terminologies are different in a secular environment. So prophecy is known as perceiving. Service is known as practical. Teaching may be known as inquiring. Uh, encouraging may be more known as promoting. And uh, to give, as in generously, is also known as enterprising. And leader, leading, a leadership is also known as organizing. So if you hear the term, a business profile is organizing, that's leading. And mercy is, is known as responding. So these gifts are functioning and are, they are operating around us right now, all the time. We just know them as different terminologies. These gifts from Romans 12, 6 to 8, given to us by our Heavenly Father, as I said, are meant for all of us to enjoy. 
learn about them and exercise this gifting within our lives. An example is we may not be able to give generously like someone with the gift of giving, because someone with the gift of giving enjoys giving generously, but we can learn to be generous with what we have. So that's an example in terms of learning about other gifts and exercise those gifts. So this morning, we will talk about the gift of leading. If it is to lead, do it diligently. What is this gift, leading? I want to emphasize that leading, lead, is not number one on the list. Right, so if you look at the verses, it is not number one on the list because lead is not the most important gift. It is just one of the seven. I want to emphasize that. It is just one of the seven gifts that we see. We, everyone, should learn about it just as we need to learn about the other gifts so we can exercise this gift of leading diligently in our own lives. Leading as in, in with our families, leading if you are still in school, leading in our school environment or leading in our work environment or if you are parents, leading as in parenting and leading our families and do it diligently. So I say all that just to say that do not prioritize or seek after this gift of leading, as in leadership positions, thinking that it is the most important gift. So I want to make sure I get that and get that out of the way. So the definition of leading, biblical definition is to motivate others to work together to achieve a common purpose or goal. Motivating others to work together to achieve a common purpose or goal. So common purpose or goal would be working together harmoniously. So let's look at some of these words um, in this definition of leading. So motivating is not motivating by force or by peer pressure or by fear. Motivating people to see the rewards of the common goal. So an illustration would be, um, have you guys seen the movie Top Gun, Maverick? Yes, there you go. I'm, I'm just trying to pick a, an action movie that I think everyone would like because that's all I know and that's all I watch. I actually did watch a, a romantic comedy this, this weekend. It was okay also. Um, so Tom Cruise, the character in Top Gun Maverick, right? He was activating his gift of leading. He was motivating all the other pilots to see what was possible when the other pilots felt divided and defeated. So if you haven't seen the movie, go watch the movie. It's a pretty entertaining movie. Uh, so motivating people to see the rewards, which is to help others see what is possible. For us, the reward is eternal life through Jesus. That is the ultimate reward for us, right? Therefore, we want to motivate people and be motivated to see the rewards of living as children in God's kingdom. So motivating others. So the next term is others, as in the gift of leading is about helping others to soar and to find their God-given potential. This is why godly leadership is not so much about the positions that I am selected for, that I'm trying to strive for, that I'm trying to aim for, but rather the potential. It's the potential that I can bring and help unlock in others. So instead of Positioning ourselves, we're unlocking the potential of others, the people around us. That's what biblical leading is. It's not about our own fame or try to elevate ourselves to a certain position so others will come and talk to us, seek our opinions, and seek our thoughts. 
so now, okay, so motivating others to work together, together. So when we use this gift, the gift of leading well, it helps move people from individualism to functioning together, working as a team. That's what leading is, the gift of leading within the Bible. So achieving the common task and goals, we're better together. Like one of the benefits of belonging to a local church, which is God's design, by the way. I think we all know that, right? God designed the local church. It, it wasn't like 12 guys that came up with a good idea. It was God's design and his intention to come up with a local church and to put us together in the local church family. One of the benefits of that is we get to come together. We get to be motivated by others, and we get to motivate others to work together and learn how to eventually translate that to our spheres of influence. Learn to lead those in our workplace. Motivate others to work together in our spheres of influence, in our house, in our family, right? So for all of us to be together on the same page with Vanessa and I and our kids, we're all on the same page together. So that's a tiny glimpse of how God wants the world to see us, to see the church, to see his bride, to see his bodies, for all of us learning to work together. There's cohesiveness, there's love among one another. John 13, verse 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. How do you like to hear when, when someone tells you, you must love X, Y, and Z? That's not fun, right? But this is what essentially Jesus is telling us. You must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So in order to work together, you must love one another. Right? It's difficult to work together if you don't love one another. Right? It's difficult to have a, a harmonious outcome, achieve the common goal if you cannot work together. So that, which leads to the next one is working together for a common goal, harmoniously. When we work together, functioning well together, everyone's operating at the full potential with a common goal and a common purpose. There will be joy and elation when the gift of leading functions well and understood by everyone. Instead of everyone striving to be the leader or striving for certain positions, we all are working together, functioning for a common goal. And when that happens, everyone understands and rally together to achieve the common goal that was set out for us, which is King Jesus. And the common goal is what? Advance the kingdom, period. Advance the kingdom. So an illustration is a team winning a championship game. Right? I think if you've been here long enough, all my illustrations are action movies and sports. So a team winning a championship game is the ultimate picture of working together, achieving a common goal, achieving a common purpose, right? So if you ever, if you are not a sports fan, if you ever watch a team that win the championship and they celebrate, they're hugging, they come together, the fans also, the fans come out together, that is what it means to have joy and elation when you work together for a common goal and purpose. Proverbs 28 verse 12, when the righteous triumph there's great elation. But when the wicked rise to power, people go into hiding. So what this verse is saying is that when we work together, when we understand the gift of leading and functioning, working together for the common purpose and common goal, there will be great elations. But when everyone's striving for power, the people
people go in hiding because no one wants to be around those people, right? So was that too honest? Okay, strike that if that was too honest. So perhaps my favorite synonym for the word leading or leadership is the word influence. I think influence probably is easier to receive but it just means the gift of leading. I believe this sums up the definition of biblical leadership. Is for many people, leading or leadership conjures up the image of um, having to stand in front of a large crowd and uh, get them to do something. But if the lens that we use is that leading is influence, then every one of us can engage in this gift. Right? So you, you can't say, well, I'm shy. I can't speak in front of people. No. Influence. You can influence those around us. So that's what leading is. So if we translate leading instead of being out front, rah, 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 to influence, to be able to influence those around us, that's the gift of leading, operating, and functioning. Like an illustration is, is again, going back to the movie I used earlier, Top Gun. Like the character that Tom Cruise played, he used his experience, right? he used his skills, and he used his uh, other things that he has known to help rally these people, help influence them, to get them to believe, hey, we can work together. Right? If you watch the movie, they all play football together, and then eventually achieve something that they thought was impossible. That's what influence is. All the story of Esther, you use a biblical example of how she exercised the gift of leading you didn't think that she lead, but her gift of influence to save the nation of Israel from annihilation. So note, this gift, I just want to quickly say, and this is a long topic in itself, but I want to quickly say that this gift does not look the same in everybody. Depending on how it is paired with the other gifts will make it look different. Right? As I said earlier in the beginning, some of us may have one, but some of us may have multiple gifts. So it may look different when someone has an encouragement plus leading. Someone may have prophetic plus leading. Someone may have a mercy plus leading. So it may look different to different people. But in general, leading is about influence for a common goal. And for us, it's always to advance the kingdom. It's always to advance the kingdom. So essentially, let the Holy Spirit, if I can use this term, undo any unhealthy images that we may have of leading. And remember, biblical term of leading is to influence. Because we're so used to hearing the term leading, it's like what, the alpha male, right, dominating the pack, right? You hear that all the time, right, the alpha male. I'm not sure what the female version of that is, what, the alpha female, but that's not what biblical leading, the alpha, the alpha female. <laughs> the, the gift of leading is, is not about control. It's not about hierarchy. It's not uh, about manipulations or, or pushing others down. In fact, the biblical leading is pretty much the exact opposite of what we've seen in the world around us. Which brings me to who is the perfect example of leading? Jesus. It's always Jesus. It's always going to be Jesus every Sunday, just so you know. If you come here, you're looking for something else, we're always going to be Jesus. So Jesus, let's learn from his character traits of why he's the perfect leader. He was courageous. Someone with the gift of leading must be, must be courageous, not afraid to stand up for truth and do the right thing or admit when you're wrong. Courageous, 
And I do, there's not, there's not enough time to, to, to speak on that. But to admit that you're wrong takes courage. And I think sometimes we don't talk about that enough. So in the case of Jesus, he was courageous in terms of standing up, speaking the truth, do the right thing, and to take on the, the religious leaders of the day. He was humble, yet strong. I want to make sure I emphasize humble, yet strong. Because a lot of time we think of the word humble as someone who's weak, who's always in the back. Jesus is not that, right? Humble yet strong. So when you think of meek, think of humble yet strong. The meek will inherit the earth because you're humble but you're strong. Because with Jesus, he didn't desire to be first. He didn't ask to get the best of everything. Right? He didn't ask to be recognized and rewarded wherever he goes. He didn't ask for the most prestigious seat at the table. And obviously, he didn't ask for the best cut of meat. He, is, we can see that from Luke 14. The reason that he was able to be humble and strong is because he knew who he is. Who he was, who he is, who he will be. Did I use the right grammatical term? He knew who he is. I'm the son of God. It's okay. You can say whatever you want to say. I know what I'm here for. He was humble yet strong. And thirdly is he served his followers. Leading is serving. Right? Because nowadays, usually if you're leading, you get the best of everything. Right? Biggest house, most money, most glamorous outfit, nicest car, whatever. But Biblically, leading is to serve others. Jesus served his followers. I mean, the most visible example we can see is washing their feet in John 13. It is an amazing, very counter-culture counter example of leading, to serve others. So leading is serving, leading by example. And I say this to, to, uh, to all of us all the time uh, on the eldership team. It's like, we must lead by example because we follow Jesus. Jesus never asked Never. Ask his disciples, and that means all of us. Jesus never asked all of us to do anything that he did not do or would not do. So it's the same thing with the gift of leading, and actually for all of us, is we should never ask someone else to do something that we haven't done, not willing to do. So that is an example of leading, is leading by example, is leading, is serving. And now, Number four. There are many examples, but I just want to list the top four here for us. Is he sacrificed. I think we all know this. He sacrificed because of the cross. It was the ultimate sacrifice. He died for everyone. Not just for those we love or the inner circle. So going back to the gift of leading, you don't just serve those you like, those in your own inner circle. You don't just sacrifice for those within your own inner circles only. You sacrifice for all people. Just like what Jesus did, right? He died for those loved him and those that hated him. And still hated him now. He died for all of us. Young, old, rich, poor, educated, uneducated. That is one of the examples of this gift of leading that we all must learn and try to activate and exercise. So we do these things to have courage, to be humble yet strong, to serve and to sacrifice only when we learn from him and receive his invitation. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I believe that a lot of time 
people miss this, learn from me. When we talk about the yoke and the burden, you know, take on my yoke, take on my burden. But this right here, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Therefore, we need to learn from Jesus in terms of what he has done. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So learn from Jesus. Take on his yoke and take on his burden. And as I said, to do these things in terms of have courage, be humble, serve, and sacrifice, the only way for us to exercise our gifting in the gift of leading, or any of these seven gifts for that matter, in the long run. Can I stick that in there? In the long run. The only way for us to do that is we have to draw upon Jesus. Because what I have seen, even though I haven't lived very long, I'm only 51 years old, I know there's people who are older than me, but what I have learned is most people can do most things for a short period of time. I think that most people can do most things for a short period of time. Only those who learn and accept Jesus' invitation can sustain in the long run. Because eventually you will get frustrated. Eventually you'll get resentment. Eventually we are burned out. But we must draw from Jesus. We must learn from Jesus. Very quickly, longevity, as I said, to be able to do things for a long time, longevity is legacy. I know you may have heard me said that before. Longevity is legacy. Drawing from Jesus will help us to leave a legacy in people once we're gone. There is a difference, and I don't want to get sidetracked by this, but I just feel like there's a difference with leaving behind an inheritance versus leaving behind a legacy. Inheritance is what we leave for people. Legacy is what we leave in people. And when what we leave in people will be so much longer lasting versus Yes, you want to leave, I want to leave my kids an inheritance. I'm just going to use my own kids. I want to leave an inheritance for them, but I want to leave a legacy in them so they can carry that out through the tough times, through the challenges. That is the difference between the two. So we must, must, must draw from Jesus. We must, must learn from Jesus in order to have longevity. As we have longevity, we can exercise this gifting, all seven gifting, and leave legacy in people and be able to continuously influence people for Jesus, to point people to Jesus. And uh, number three, regarding leading. Leading is critically important. Critically important nowadays. Did I say that? Critically important. So lead, influence people for the kingdom of God. Don't back away. If I can encourage you guys, don't back away. Influencing people for the kingdom of God is so important, so much more than it used to be nowadays. I have found that, just to share uh, a little bit personally, I found that leading a church, you know, leading my team in, bus- in the business setting, uh, I, I do lead a team uh, during the weekday, and then leading my family have different challenges. Every year, the challenges are different for all those three areas. The only thing I know is that I must continue to lead. Because that's what, right? If your gifting is leading, do it diligently. Do it diligently. 
So if you felt the pressure and the responsibility of leading, whether it's among your peers, within your workplace, within your family, etc., you're not alone. We all feel this pressure. But it is critically important that we all must lead. I'm not just talking to the guys. I'm talking to the everyone, man, woman, young and old. It is critically important that we must lead from the standpoint of influencing people for the kingdom of God to do what God has called us to do. It doesn't matter if you have the gift of leading or not. We all must lead in our different spheres of influence, right? I hope that's not new to all of us. This is how we practically advance God's kingdom. Leading, influencing people to help them recognize the rewards of eternal life. Influencing people, the people around us towards the kingdom of God, both for the now and for eternity. So what the world needs, what the world needs more than ever at this time is people who are connected to the Father and who are willing to keep going. Those two things are critically important. We must be connected to the Father in order to keep on going. If we keep on going and we're not connected to the Father, we're going to lead people to ourselves. We must be connected to the Father and we must keep going. The men and women who are committed to using the God-given gifts, however possible, to lift others up and give them wings to fly and point them to Jesus so they can be refreshed and encouraged and envisioned. Now, what we need more now than ever is not money or possessions or status or fame, which I know we need those things, but what I'm trying to say is we need Jesus more than of those things. We need more people of faith who are not afraid of big challenges. Because why? Because we see a bigger God, a God that is bigger than any challenges that we may or may not face. That's why we need people of faith to be connected to our Father. And what we need is people who are not afraid to exercise these supernatural gifts to influence others. Right? A lot of time when I didn't come from a church background, so I've always felt that was interesting when people hesitate to talk about the spiritual gifts. It's like, it's in the Bible. Talk about it. Whether you believe it or don't, it doesn't really matter. Talk about the things that you see and speak truth and actually share what you believe in and what you see. But we must be able to exercise the spiritual gifts that we see because what is the point? God is actually giving us these gifts so we can carry out his mission. So exercise these gifts to help others when we, when we influence others and help others thrive in the calling, their callings, and fully receive the godly inheritance. So therefore, maybe if I can just sum up these seven gifting really quick is leaders, we need leaders who influence others diligently. We need givers who give generously. We need encouragers who strengthen others inspirationally. We need mercy bringers who do so compassionately. Right? We need servers who serve selflessly. We need teachers who share knowledge humbly. We need prophetic people who live fearlessly. That's a big deal. Vanessa actually going to speak on the gift of prophetic next year. Uh, not next year, next week. We don't have to wait until next week. You don't have to wait until next year, next week. <laughs> well, you can come next year too. But next week, come back. Vanessa will talk about the gift of prophetic. Uh, I want to end with um, 
All right, yeah, I better end now before I get into more trouble. I want to end with two practical applications to help all of us grow in the gift of influence. Number one, hopefully this has already came through, is more time with Jesus, more time with the Father. I know you may hear that all the time, but it's critically important because we need to draw from the one source that we need all the time. More time with Jesus so we can be secure in our purpose, so we can be secure in who we are, we can be secure in what we were called to do, then we can speak courageously, we can speak with truth, and we can serve selflessly, and we can sacrifice without asking for anything in return or asking for recognitions. And number two, learn from those with the gift of leading, specifically the gift of leading, so we can leave a legacy within the people around us, within our spheres of influence. Because we may be able to leave an inheritance so those are closest to us, but we can leave a legacy to everyone else that we've come across so they can be impacted and influenced and ask themselves the question, why is Toby so different? Why is Marie so different? Why is Dan so different? There is something about them. So we can leave that within them, so to cause them to lift their heads and lift their eyes up to Jesus. So they can receive their own reward from Jesus also. So that's are two practical applications that we can use, and I know some of this gifting, it may seem mysterious, it may seem complicated, but really it is not. Jesus made everything very simple for us. So if you go somewhere and you read some book and people tell you about the 12 different steps, please ignore those. It's very simple. All the gifts are very simple. Just trust and have faith in God and let those gifts flow out and be involved in the local church so you can see how those gifts are being activated and we can learn from those people. So that's why I have for us for this morning. As I said, uh, next week we will continue with the gifted series. Vanessa will share on the gift of prophecy. And uh, I want to encourage you guys to, to come. It's, it's not a, a mysterious thing. I um, do have to admit that before I was saved, I've seen many, many charismatic videos of very charismatic people. It doesn't have to be like that. The gift of prophecy and the gift of the Holy Spirit can function very naturally. And the gift of prophecy is included. So anyway, with that, um, why don't we all rise? I'm going to pray for us before we end the meeting for this morning. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for you. We're so thankful for who you are, God. I just pray that this morning, Jesus, that you have imparted more of who you are to all of us, myself included, that I have grown in my revelation of you, Jesus. Grow more in my understanding of you. Grow more in my love for you. Holy Spirit, just ask for more of your life upon each and every one of us here. Not only here, but also when we leave from this place, that you are always with us. For us to know that you are always with us, that we can always draw from you. I just pray for courage for everyone here. I just pray for humility, but the strength to know who we are in you, Jesus. I just pray that we can have the act of serving those around us, and most of all, to make sacrifices 
for you, Jesus. Not sacrifices so then we can be recognized, but make sacrifices for you, Jesus. I just pray to all these things in your mighty name, God. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. 